Oi, you lot. You listen to Garage Hammer. Episode 213. On tonight's episode, the Manlings are still getting ready for Adepticon. There's a lot of stuff going on, and they don't have time to do a whole book. Plus, they're doing this again because Fat Manling doesn't know how to plug things in properly. So, mailbag day. Lots of questions. Maybe answers. Who knows? These guys, whatever. Just shut it. I'm listening to me show. Welcome to the Garage Tools. Hey, hey, For the next hey, two hey, hours or thereabouts, hey, we'll do our best to keep you informed, entertained, and perhaps have a laugh or two along the way, bringing you answers, questions, I did that backwards. I'm Alex Gonzalez. <sighs> and I'm, uh, well, I was going to be the shell answer man, but I just realized nobody knows who that is anymore unless you're at least, like, almost 50, so I'm just Dave. Just Dave, and I'm here. And that's okay. <laughs> well, according to some folks, it's okay. So, and thank you for saying so, Alex. Eh. Yeah, Alex. Yeah, Alex is be Alex is uh, is much uh, calmer with me than he should be after um, we recorded the show for about a half hour, and then everything went to crap, and we had to start over again. So. Oh, goodness. All right. You know what? Let's do this, and let's do this quickly. Let's just kind of get back to where we're supposed to be. So, Alex. Dave. (laughs) I'd ask how you were, but I know how you are. You're tired of doing the opening of the show over again, I guess. It's okay. Okay. But before this train gets derailed again, let's uh, take a minute to thank our sponsors. We should probably do that real quick. Yep, yep. So, as always, we need to thank the sponsors of Garage Hammer, which include Chaos Orc Superstore. Chaos Orc Superstore. Chaos Orc Superstore. Superstore. Six Squared Studios. Six Squared Studios for all your basic needs. And they will be at Adepticon with us. Yes. Kevin's uh, coming, right? Kevin's coming. The guys are going to be there. Going to be exciting. Going to be fun. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And Lindsay's Gamer Garrison in Wakanda, Illinois. Not that Lindsay and not that Wakanda. Uh, oh, Lindsay's here, by the way. She says hi. Hi, Lindsay. Alex says hi. She's not mic'd up today, so. That's okay. Okay. Uh, what else? Okay, we should thank our Patreon sponsors as well because uh, they are the almost 1% who keep all this stuff moving along. Uh, thank you to our associate producers, Phil Elliott, Dwight Sims, Christopher Sanders, and AJC. AJC. And we do have a new sponsor, Ash Trigg. Ash, thank you again for becoming one of the almost 1% uh, of listeners who feel this show is worth uh, worth tipping, I guess you would say, after the shows. Um, it's amazing that you guys think that. So thank you all for becoming, this, uh, becoming sponsors. And if anyone is even remotely interested in seeing what that's about, you can visit patreon.com slash garagehammer. Check out our page. See if you're interested. Uh, it, everything that you guys do is what brings all of this amazing content uh, to you guys. So that's that there. Um, what else? Hey, Alex. We've got Dave. We have two people left messages on the voicemail. Two of them. Oh, good. You clarified. Yay. <laughs> Because yes. on the previous recording, he's like, we have two voicemails. It's like, no, we don't. We have one voicemail. Oh, yes. But no, actually, we have two voicemails on our one voicemail line. Which... And Dave, if I was to call and leave a voicemail, 
you What's that number? Call 1-757-GH-SHOW-6. That's 1-757-GH-SHOW-6. 1-757-GHSHOW-6. And international callers for most countries, you could dial 0 And then 1-757-GH-SHOW-6. And you, like these other listeners, can leave a voicemail. I am going to play one of them for you right now. This one is from a man named Chris. So here we go. Hey, Dave. It's, my name's Chris. You keep talking about that brass of spoilers, man. Just do it. It's awesome. Very simple. You run at them. You hit them hard. They die. You'll lose on objectives, but that's okay. You'll feel like you won when everything else is dead. All right. Just chiming in with that. Know you like your voicemail. All right. Bye. I love that voicemail. He's being a bad influence, telling me to buy more stuff and build more stuff when I don't have my other stuff built stuff yet, stuff. And, uh, and you know. Wow, that's a lot of stuff. <laughs> that's it. There is. There's a lot of stuff and things here. Um, plus, you say, hey, I know you like yes. the voicemail, which I do. I love the voicemail. And uh, the, every time I go to Lindsay's, I look at that brass stampede. Or just the you know the models I need to get it started, and then I look over at the mm-hmm. brutes and the big pig riders, and I think brutes and big pigs could be another army that could be just big and just smashy. And then, uh, and then I look at the trolls, and I say the trolls could be big and smashy. I just want something big and smashy. I think I want like a thirty hour. You know what it is? Uh, you know we'll talk about that later. Uh, let's just move along. But uh, I love big and smashy. Yes. So, Second voicemail. This one's a little longer. We got a listener who who really enjoys the show. Uh, we'll give him. Uh, he did not leave his name though, but we will play this one here right here. Hey guys, um, I'm just calling you today because I really enjoy your show. Uh, I've been watch listening. I wish I could watch you guys, but uh, I've been listening since uh, last fall, and I've really utilized your information for the your battle tone reports that you guys have done have been just very helpful. I just want to give you guys a shout out for um, just the great, the great, the great work you guys do between each other. Um, it's a great balance between you two on the show. In fact, I drove back to the Midwest from Colorado um, over Christmas. And I think I had like listened to four of your shows on that road trip. Um, I did all the battle tones for the armies I play and then learned so much. Um, now I'm listening to your uh, Legions and the Gash show because I'm now building that army. So I just want to thank you guys very much for all your work. Take care. Bye. And there you go. Yes. Another satisfied customer. Yeah. I just want to know what the four episodes were because that is a long drive from Colorado to the Midwest. Well, they were book reviews, so they were long They were long episodes. You know that. Yeah, but still. Yeah, That's exactly. That's a long drive. It is. That it is, my friend. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm curious as to which ones he would. Uh, he was. I'm, he said it's for all the armies he's he he has. So now I'm curious. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering how far back he had to go to dig to get those ones out. So, hmm. or unless yes. he's just building all new armies, he could be one of those. He could be just. Uh, he could just be after all the. You know, oh, look! It's new and shiny. Could be. Could be. All right. So um, what else? Oh, so you got, you know, um, we do uh, Garage Gamers and I do After All in Order with Greg and that's on uh, the the Free Buddhist Network. Um, well, uh, uh, 
uh, Terrence from uh, Geek Nation Tours has sent me a little message and asked if I could just give this announcement out. So we're putting this up. We'll put it. This is the news since we don't really do news, but this is the news. Um, Geek Nation Tours is doing continuing their signature battlefield tours. Check this out. Samurai and the Battlefields of Sekigara Tour. I think I pronounced that right. The third in their Japan Tour trilogy on October 21st. 1600 Tokugawa Ieyasu led his forces. Oh, it's October 21st, 1600 Tokugawa Ieyasu led his forces into the plains of Sekigara into an eventual victory that would change the course of Japanese history. It's one of the most famous of all samurai engagements in Japan's long history, steeped with mystery, betrayal, heroic deeds, and acts of barbarism. Not only will they explore this battlefield in detail and walk its remains, but the main goal is to take you back to the time of the samurai. They will visit a wide range of samurai-related sites and other areas of Japan that are that still give one the feeling of living in those ancient times. Um, they're going to go to the Seki Cutlery Festival, which is dedicated to blades of all sorts. They'll see sword-making demonstrations. They'll go to the Seki Sword Tradition Museum, outdoor knife show. Um, they're going to hike by the Shogunate. Uh, oh, that's the Geek Nation Tours representative. <laughs> Between Magomi and Sumago. Um, the Nakasendo Highway was well-traveled by the Samurai in ancient times and still feels ancient. Um, they're going to, let's see, castles will be on the list. Visit some of the best lo- best and most loved in Japan. Uh, they're trying to make it even more samurai this year, and thus they'll make the often not-traveled journey to the west coast of Japan, where they will see more castles in a city called Little Kyoto, uh, which is Kanazawa. Um... This said, it uh, Sekigara does play a big part in what they'll see. They're lucky as they will be in Japan for the annual Battle of the Sekigara Festival, which will be able to see reenactors dressed in traditional samurai garb and explore the details of the battle. Um, the, it looks like they have plans that you might even be able to get dressed up as well. So, oh yeah, um, yeah. So then they also got their new host Stephen uh, Turnbull. If you've read about samurai history, ethics, or religion, you were most likely reading a book by him, and he is going to be a, a guest host on the tour. Wow. Prolific writer and British historian. Uh, the um, And oh, there's just uh, – go check this out, uh, geeknationtours.com. Um, yeah, the Signature Battlefield series. Yeah, there's so much information here. Like, I'm still reading. I'm going – it just goes on and on. Uh, check it out because there's more details about the different places and the things that they're going to do. Uh, and it's it's kind of bananas. So, Yeah, and I checked the dates. It doesn't line up with the Rising Sun GT, unfortunately. But oh, well. it's still an interesting-sounding trip. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um. Also, now we got one last bit. We got a we had a listener uh, write in, um, and they went in uh, the old fashioned way, and they they did a, a the the classic. Um, they're going to donate and sponsor sponsor an episode, and this is oh. it's Thomas Lambeer, and they made a donation to the show. Uh, to the show, like if you go up on the screen, it's got all that old stuff that me and Crystal used to do, where you could just like do a shout out uh, donation, mm-hmm. um, and he would like uh us to he's he's promoting um a newly released metal album called Demons in the Dark. Uh their band is called Witch Lords and basically now I, I was listening to it uh the other day when they sent it to us. So they're a bunch of guys 
who uh, are Warhammer players, who are also musicians. Now, they've got a very sort of, uh, what do you call it? It's got a very uh, Iron Maiden, Judas Priest sort of style. You know, mm-hmm. like that kind of metal with the really, dude, their voices, oh my goodness, their voices get so high. I just don't, uh, I, I could never do that. Um, but their songs, the, all the lyrics on the album are based on Warhammer and on Hero Quest. And uh, the, like I said, the band's name is Witch Lords. And uh, they asked if we could play a little clip. Now, uh, there's 11 tracks on this album. Uh, Demons in the Dark, A Hero's Fate, The Horde, The Sorcerer's Spell, Tomb Kings, Blood for the Blood God, Master of Fear, Slaughter, Green Menace, and Chaos. Um, I chose Green Menace. Um, I think it's literally, like, I think we could play the whole song on here because it's, it's, it's not, it's, it's quick. It's so, um, yeah, it's like, it's just under two minutes. It's one of their faster ones. They have some longer ones. Um, but I figured this will give you just a taste of it. So I'm going to play just a touch of this for you now. Um, so get ready for Witch Lords. There you go. That's Witch Lords. <laughs> this is right up my alley, actually. I'm very familiar with this type of music. So look it up on YouTube, Witch Lords. Trying to get it all down there. Very good. All right. Um, I think that is literally everything now. We've gotten through all the messages, all the voicemails, all the sponsorships. Got a little heavy metal in to wake you up in the morning here. And uh, we will be back with the Toolbox.
Superstore. That's right, folks. Chaos Org Superstore, your one-stop shop for all your hobby gaming needs. They've not only got current and classic GW releases, Chess X Dice and Vallejo Paints, but now they're also carrying Mantic, Infinity, Flames of War, Privateer Press, Soda Pop, Dark Age, and other assorted board and miniature-based games. They usually ship within 24 hours, and the model in the picture is the model they ship to you, because at Chaos Org Superstore, what you see is what you get. And we are back to the toolbox, brought to you by Chaos Orcs Superstar. So, um, now, are you doing any hobbying? Because I. I don't know if you were actually ready for Acon, or if you're like all of your hobby time is going to actually prepping to be ready to run stuff. Um, I've been doing some work. Like I started uh, casually assembling my Luna Shrine for the Gits, and you can't casually assemble that thing. I've determined um, it is a very intense model. Um, just with the size and the amount of mold lines and everything that's on it. So it is quite the workout. So, um, but no, that's, it's mostly just been assembly and doing some other little things. Um, nothing mega, just trying to help keep the mind occupied. I've just been working a lot the, the last week for work work and then trying to get everything ready for next weekend. So... Ah, I hear yeah. that because, man, uh, I was cranking stuff out. The quarter ended yesterday, so there I was pumping, plugging away at grades, trying to get everything done before spring break because now I'm on spring break, mm-hmm. which is beautiful because this is why I can go to the full five days of Adepticon this year because I'm actually uh, on spring break and uh, got the in-laws to watch the youngest one, so... This is yeah. gonna be awesome. So, um, I have some hobby to report. I'm looking around. So, uh, I did build all of that uh, Lord of the Rings box set, and I uh, we had a warm day out. So, a, a lot of the stuff that I've been building, I went outside and primed. So, um, nice. So, yeah, and like I said, I was. Tr- I'm just trying to get all the boxes off my shelf. Like, build this stuff. I plan on painting it eventually. Uh, it's mostly death and storm cast. So I went out there with some white spray, the Corax white, which is comes across kind of grayish, but I like it. Um, maybe it was just you know when I was spraying it, that's it was an older can or something. But um, I sprayed the. Uh, I had a lot of those uh, I, when they first came out with the Soul Wars box. They had a lot of those easy to build sets with like three and four models a piece. So I got some mm-hmm. of those for the ghosts and those weird rat-looking guys with the swords or with the things. Um, sprayed up a bunch of Stormcast, sprayed up a bunch of that, uh, uh, you know, the Lord of the Rings stuff. Because now that it's warming up, try to get it all done. So that's basically mm-hmm. what I've been doing. Building and doing that um, has been the main focus besides just, like, reading Black Library stuff. That's been my hobby basically for the past couple weeks. So not too exciting, but not too shabby either. No, not at all. 
I'm just glad to get out there and be getting stuff primed because then I can start throwing paint on it whenever I want. Mm-hmm. So, have you done any gaming? Um, I mean, since we got together and were gate was gaming at Lindsay's before last episode. Yeah? Question mark? I don't know. It all runs together. Um, I don't know if you reported on this, but uh, there was a Underworlds event um, most recently at a Cataclysm that I went to. I don't know if we talked about this. I don't remember. Um, but uh, the Moral Realms guys that do What the Hex, uh, so it's Davy Calkins and Phil, uh, they came down and we got to do some games and I tried out my gits and it did not go so well. Uh, definitely got to go back to the drawing board on them. But I have nothing. I have not won a game with them. I used to do okay um, with them, but with the latest updates on the ban and restricted list, it just ejected around too much. So back to the drawing board, but we'll see. Gotcha. But no, there's not been a lot of other gaming outside of that. I just don't have the time right now between Adepticon prep and baby and work. So and I get to play a lot of Warhammer champions on my phone um, while I'm <laughs> sitting on hold with insurance companies all day. So that's, well, that's something. something. Yeah. I have not played as much as I'd like uh, the Warhammer champions cause I've been busy, but uh, I'm certain I'll get back to it when there's time when I'm not doing other things. Um, Let's see gaming. Uh, I well, we have Warhammer Club at work now. Um, oh yeah, you get to cheat like that. Yeah. Well, and you know, I mean, Games Workshop send out that thing. Like, if you're a teacher and you want to start Warhammer Club, you you know, um, and so they sent us. You know, I think I talked about this before. Um, we got like the you know the little paint kit with the with the golden demon who's painting some stormcast on the box, and it gives you the basic little like two or three stormcast and some paints. Mm-hmm. We got the AOS one. We got the uh, – they sent us the, um, you know, the one for uh, 40K for the Space Marines. And then cool. the little mini boxes, not the full-on uh, Soul War set, but the smaller one that doesn't have any of the characters, just has, you know, a few of the – just, you know, the basic units so you can learn how to play the game. Like Stormstrike or Tempest of Souls? I think that's what – I think it's Stormstrike, yeah. And – uh it's not bad because they give you stuff in there and they actually give you some of the extra cards. So, like, if you do decide you want to go and pick up these extra things, you can. But so the first couple of weeks, kids were sort of trickling in and and uh, we were showing them the basics. And then, uh, like, two meetings ago, I had a kid come in and we were showing it to him. And he was really getting into it. And he's like, you know, I'm going to – and so he brought a couple friends. And so we were doing – I mean, right now it's just basically getting kids to kind of learn the game. Uh, kids are coming in; they're very interested. But um, you know, I'm putting together about a thousand points worth of armies, and then I let the two kids play, and I just basically talk everybody through all their turns until they start getting mm-hmm. what they're doing. And uh, they've been having a lot of fun. We've been playing a thousand points. I just, I mean, I just bring stuff. So I brought a thousand point. Uh, I brought some Stormcast, and then I brought some ogres. Okay. And uh, so it was, you know, it was, uh, basically they're still learning, so we're not bringing in all the extra things. We didn't bring in the realms and the things like that. Um, uh, you know, next time we're gonna we're gonna bring in the actual battle plans because right now they just kind of wanted to learn the mechanics and punch each other in the face, and they were having a blast doing that. And Stormcast sure. and ogres, it's a lot of punching in the face. Mm-hmm. 
So uh, we've, we've been playing. I, I actually wasn't playing the games, but I was running the games and teaching the kids how to do it. And so we're hoping next meeting um, we told all the kids to try to bring a friend, you know, <laughs> see if we can grow our okay. numbers. Um, but that's it's, it's actually pretty cool. The kids at school are, you know, I get kids popping in. You know, Mr. Whitehead, we're playing, right? And I'm like, yeah. And the other kids are like, what are you talking about? I'm like, the Toy Soldiers. You guys know I play Toy Soldiers. We're playing after school. You should stop by and take a look. Like, maybe you're not interested, but you can at least see what it's about. And mm-hmm. so it's kind of cool trying to grow the grow the community uh, at that level at, at work. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. That's very cool. Yeah. So that's that's the gaming I've been doing. So, um, you got any other? No. No. Question mark. <laughs> um, I finished Happy. Um, that show on Sci-Fi I talked about the last episode. Right. And I'm I'm not going to watch that again. Um. Did it just get to be too much? It did. It got weird. Okay. Um. Like weirder than. Weirder than you were ready for. Okay. Hey, that's... There was, like... Sci-fi has always been hit and miss with me. Mostly miss. Uh Uh-huh. With the exception of the original uh, Sharknado. Um, But even then... And then this one was... It's... It's a weird, weird show. So, I don't know if I would recommend people watch it. It's like a wreck of Warren. It's a what? Uh, Oh, uh... You know, Cinema Sins. I've I've shown you Cinema Sins before on YouTube, where they show. Sure. Movies. They've got a podcast called Sincast, where they talk about movies and stuff like that, and okay. uh, they do a recommends. But sometimes they they're not certain if they're like it's weird. You might want to watch it. It might be interesting, but you may not like it. And instead of a recommend, they call that a rec a warn. It's somewhere in between a recommend and a warning. So yeah, it's pretty bad. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I don't know. If, I don't think so. Yeah. But it's okay. How about you? Do you have any other? Um, uh, you know, I've just been, I've been reading. Um, I'm reading uh, the new the House of Assassins, which is the uh, the new Larry Korea fantasy book, the follow up to Son of the Black Sword. It's still it's pretty good. I'm enjoying it. Um, that his stuff, the way I, that stuff's right up my alley. I enjoy it. Um, I've been playing. Uh, a card game Christopher and I used to play a long time ago and Christopher is still kind of into it so he brought it by uh, you know the vampire the masquerade the role playing game that's been out like forever yeah they have a card game oh. um, no it's actually it's it. they came out a long time ago um, you play a vampire and instead of hit points you have blood points and you're basically uh, bring up other little vampires, uh, like instead of monsters. So picture, it's kind of like magic. I mean, all those card games are kind of like magic. Um, but instead of putting out creatures, you're bringing up other vampires, and then those vampires are doing your bidding. What's cool about the game, what makes the game interesting, is it's for three or more players. And with four or five is where it really shines. Because the object of the game is, you know, is to is to... Their blood pool, and you you start off with a blood pool of thirty, which is kind of like in uh you know in with magic, you start off with your however many hit points you have, but you have to use that blood pool to like give the blood to the other vampires to bring them to life, and then they use that to do stuff. So, your the resource management is very important because you bring stuff up too quick, and then you don't have enough yourself, and if you if you die, you're out, you know. Um, but what, where the game gets interesting is the person to my left is my prey 
So there's four people playing. The person to the left is the only person that I really have to focus on taking out. And if you take out your opponent, then you get extra blood added to your blood pool because it's like you drink their blood. So, um, But then the person to my right, obviously, I am to their left, so I am their prey. So I've got a predator on my right. I've got my prey on my left. And the guys who are neither to my right nor my left... I don't deal with them until they become either to my right or my left. So there's a lot of like politics and a lot of crosstalk on the table. Like, hey, if you help me out here, you know, I'll do this to slow him down so that you can jump in and take him out. And it, it becomes this really interesting uh, sort of political bit of gaming that goes on behind it. Um, we've been having a blast with it. We're actually uh, Christopher has actually requested if we can do a garage gamer on it. So I'm like, yeah, why not? You know, uh, we're playing the game. Might as well do it. It's it's actually. It's it's pretty cool. Um, I was surprised how much like, I haven't played it since the game came out, and that was well over a decade ago, um, maybe longer. And I hadn't really played it, but Christopher has kept up with it with some of his other friends, and uh, he brought it by to let Harrison try it, and we were just having a blast. It's a pretty cool game. So <laughs> that's my other um, yeah. That's all I got. So I guess we're done with the toolbox. Yeah. Okay, so shall we jump into the mailbag then? Yeah, we got a lot. Yeah. Or do we, we want to take a break first? Uh, well, when we've only been going for like 15 minutes. Okay. So, so I we figure, can get yeah, started. Yeah, get started. I mean, we got two more breaks to stretch out through here for for all of our wonderful sponsors. So um now I did put the I did put the thing out to the Patreon sponsors first. I threw out a message on Patreon. Patreon, hey, we're going to do the mailbag, so you guys get first crack at questions. Um, now, our, our Patreon patrons are, uh, they don't, oh, hey, baby. Um, you know, they don't ask for a lot. They're just like, you know, we don't need much. We just want to help out the show. So I did put out the call uh, for, for questions for the mailbag, and we only got one. But uh, they they go right to the front of the list because hey Patreon, so um, yeah. This is Keir Etherton, and he says I have a question. I'm trying to improve my basing techniques. So what are the best bases you and Alex have ever made and or seen? How were they done? What made them so good? Thank you. Love the show as always. So, um, what do you think, Alex? Um, I think the best ones I've seen are. And then, no, this is not going to come to a surprise from a lot of people. But James Wapple, yeah, um, Windy City Miniatures. Uh, his website, he does a lot of tutorials on how he's doing his bases. He uses a lot of different materials, um, so so you can really see what he's doing. Um, his are some of the best. Domus obviously has a lot of really good ones as well. Um, and then, uh, not for life, me, I can't remember. Uh, David Griffin. Uh, his deepkin bases uh, that I guess also matches Stormcast from what I remember um, with the poured resin water um, oh, and yeah. the uh, green stuff roller with regards to the textural. Um, so it's, there's a lot of good basing techniques out there and you can definitely look it up on like different ones that you can do. Um, Vince Cinchella, I'm sure has a bunch for Warhammer Weekly. Um, and then obviously James Wobble for Windy City. I uh, really like their stuff. So, yeah, no, those are all really good suggestions. A lot of people like to use that really the thin cork. You know, you cut up mm-hmm. in chunk, you tear it up into chunks, and you kind of stack it up. It's, we 
painted up properly, it makes them for good stone bases, especially, you know, people doing lava bases. It's got the cracks in the middle, so it looks like lava's flowing through. Um, mm-hmm. I, uh, I've been making custom bases using those rollers from Green Stuff World. Yep. Um, and what I've been doing is I've been using Milliput, and then I mix that 50-50 with Plasticine, which is kind of like, uh, well, it's like a thicker, more solid version. It feels more like Silly Putty, um, the, but it's, it's kind of that shiny, rubbery, plasticky stuff. Um, I guess it's kind of like, it's not, it's not really like Play-Doh, though, because Play-Doh's got that, it's that dull, you know, uh, feels like you made it at home type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's called plasticine. Um, you can, if you look it up on Amazon, like I got a what a, a four point five pound brick of this stuff for like twelve bucks. Mm-hmm. So it's super cheap, and uh, you just mix that in, and um, it dries a little slower. But it's also a milliput gets really. I find unless I'm using the wrong type of milliput, um, mine kind of is the yellow. What is it? The yellow and the gray stuff. It gets <clears throat> sticky. It gets very. It, no, what is this? This is yeah. This oh, this is the yellow and blue I got right now. I don't know yellow gray right. So, um, it gets sticky, and I wind up. I wind up just to not ruin the the roller. Um, I try to roll it flat, like under a piece of wax paper. Get it about the thickness I want it to. And um, then when I have to have to roll it out, like I will just I will sprinkle the top of it with baby powder just to make sure that it's you know that it's uh, that it's not going to stick. But I found that mixing it up with fifty percent plasticine. First of all, Milliput's not super cheap. Plasticine is, so it stretches your hobby dollars, and you can really double down on the basing. Plus, um, it's just got a it, it, you can you can you can fiddle with it a little more, a little longer that way. So. That would be my suggestion um, if you want to do any rollout bases or anything like that. Um, that's what that's what I really like. Um, and like I said, I'm just rolling out basic stuff, but you can do a lot with, with it too. I mean, you can cut it into segments and do different things. There's, there's so much out there. <laughs> you know? um, and you, like I said, you named all the, all the big ones that I can think of. Um, mm-hmm. Now... You can, I mean, you can, if you don't want to go crazy, though, you can, I mean, that GW, those basing thing, the, you know, the different uh, the stuff that they sell with their paints. Yeah, they have some good uh, basing and things you can add to, whether it's the vines or the bucket of skulls or their Shattered Dominion bases. Yeah. Um, those can be painted up a whole bunch of different ways, too. Yeah. Um, I For the 40K stuff, that's, I'm doing the Martian crust, iron earth, whatever it's called. And uh, you just oh yeah, they're texture paints. Yeah, yeah that's it. The, yeah, I just lay that out on the base, and um, I found if you lay it really thin, you get really close together, tiny thin cracks. And if you lay it down kind of thick, you get larger cracked earth bits with you know, but uh, you know, a little you know, larger chunks when it's done instead of all the little crumbly chunks. Um, that's a simple way to go, and it 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 looks decent when you're done. Like I've got no beef with it, um, so. <laughs> Um, hopefully that helps. There's there's so many things you can do. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's like I said. Um, yeah, Domus, wow, all those guys. You can check them out um, either on Twitter. And Jim's got his own, isn't it? Wapelius. Yes. Wapalicious. It's not Wapalicious. 
I think it's Wapalicious. Oh, can't be. Come on. That's no. Uh-uh. Hold on. I got it. Now I got to look. If this computer ever opens up the internet, because I could have thought, because uh, I thought it was supposed to sound like. No, it is Wapelius. Yeah, it's got like right. a Roman sound or something like that. People say Wapalicious all the time. I thought they were joking around. I'm like, I mean, Jim's, Jim's a nice guy and all, but, you know, is he Wapalicious? I don't, you know. That's I don't know. Just, yeah, it's Wapelius. It's got a soldier yeah, sound. It's W A P P E L L I O U S dot blogspot dot com. There you go. Check that out, dude. He knows what he's doing. And uh and he'll and he'll he'll walk you through it. It's pretty cool. So all right. Um next question. Let's see. Niels Lentz, I think I sp- pronounced it correctly. Could you tell us about the background lore behind your army and whether or you have one or not, and the importance of said lore to enjoying your armies? Do you write background for your armies? I do come up with background for my armies, yeah. Hmm. I just haven't... I've been just play, I pretty much just play Stormcast all the time because I haven't finished my death, so I haven't been writing anything for them. Um, yeah, so, I more look for uh, parts in the background of like the aforementioned lore um, or stuff that I feel like could be there. Like My deep kin are Morlodon, which is the enclave based in the realm of shadow. And it's my interpretation based on that. So, um, and then my Stormcast were Celestial Knights. Um, when the book first came out, and they introduced that paint scheme, the blue and the gray that I have, um, that has since undergone a number of color scheme changes. So they are no longer Celestial Knights. And I think that's why I haven't been playing them as much, because I've kind of like lost their identity, ah. or what they are. Because now they look like Stormcast Night Lords. Which, yeah, I don't know. So I think I've been less than jazzed about them about that. And then my gits, um, I was originally going to do the night, the Nightbringers, um, and they are in the realm of light, trying to bring the moon up to settle the darkness, and you know, create the Everdank in the realm of light. So bringing the night, right? But, um, I don't know. That one, I think, are kind of undergoing some changes, maybe. Um, but, no, that's kind of what I do. I just like to have an idea of, like, what is this army I'm putting together that isn't just a collection of miniatures with the express purpose of kicking teeth. So, I don't know, for me, that's more fun. Um, and it just helps me get more involved and more jazzed about the project rather than I'm just painting miniatures with the express purpose to smash teeth. So... I I haven't written lore for my armies um, recently. I haven't done it actually in quite a while. Um, mainly because I haven't really done, basically since AOS dropped, I haven't, and mainly because I I I'm just sort of all over the place still, like years into it. Like, I mean, I've got my Stormcast and their hammers. You know, they're the Golden Boys, um, and I haven't written too much about it because even now I'm still. You know, I'm like I'm I'm at least one release behind on like the new models <laughs> to be mm-hmm. put into the army. Um, I just haven't, and, and maybe it's my hobby ADHD. Maybe it's the butterfly syndrome where I'm just you know flittering around from thing to thing to thing. But I just haven't found anything that 
cries out to me for a, you know, for that story for like that I that I've settled down with and said this is what I'm doing now for a while. Um I mean, you hear me at the beginning of the show. I got, you know, three different armies I mentioned that would I would it's, it's nothing has really I kind of like it all, but there's nothing that has just captured my heart, I guess I should say, to make me want to do that. Uh, last time I was really doing it was with my dwarfs, uh, writing up those uh, background reports for, uh, like, when we did core competency and stuff like that, coming up with literal stories, you know, to to uh, to bring you up to up to date on where why this army is the way it is, why it's, you know, why these units have been chosen. I, I used to really get into it. Um, I think I still have somewhere on the computer the story that I wrote for core competency with the that first, the first eighth ed tournament where you did core competency. Mm-hmm. So uh, I enjoy doing it. That's not, a, it's not, a, that's not, that's not it at all. It's just, I, I've not found anything that is. Got you jazzed. Yeah. And it's and that's not a knock on Games Workshop. There's just so much cool stuff out there. There's been nothing that that has been like this is the one mm-hmm. that I'm sticking to. So hopefully someday I'll get that. But not today is not that day. So all right. Um, what's the next question? You want to grab the next one? Sure. So Chad Strunk um, asked, "What's your favorite character in all the lore, uh, Warhammer Fantasy Battles, and Age of Sigmar?" That's a that's a well. Is that a tough question for you? Yeah, there's a lot of them. There's a lot of um, cool characters. Yeah, I mean the big ones that I got behind with fantasy were Skarsnik and Gobla, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, also, Manfred and Vlad were the oh. other two. Yeah. Um, for me, it was an easy question. It's it's Gotrek Gurnison. Like just immediately went to Patrick, it. Yeah. He's uh, there's so and there's so many books and there's so much stuff and he's a dwarf and we all know the, how much I love them and he's just he's just awesome. Um, you know, with Brian Blessed doing the the audio book where they they bring him, he comes out of the chaos realms into the mortal realms after he dove into the chaos gate at the end of uh, the the world that was at the end of that story. I, I just I just love him. Now I would say if there's an honorable mention, it was the von Karsteins. Yeah, uh, that, maybe not Conrad as much, but but I, he was still contributory. But that's it. Yeah, no, Vlad and Manfred are the coolest. But Isabella was so much fun. Um, yeah, Conrad. That the dynamics of the things that they, especially if you read the Vampire Wars, Conrad is fun in that book because he is bonkers and Manfred just pushes him over the edge in that book. If you've never read it, it's so much fun. It is. That trilogy is amazing. It is. It's really good. Um, I know unpopular opinion because of Harrison. Um, Harrison's first army was High Elves, and he adored them so much um, that we, we we became big fans of Teclas. I know that's an unpopular opinion. It is. But, uh, I mean, Harrison, uh, there was a guy who used to sell clocks at Adepticon with the, he had printed up, like, so the the face of the clock were Warhammer character pictures from the different books. I mean, mm-hmm. Harrison had a techless clock in his room. It was one of the first models that I helped him to paint. Um, so there's always, there's always a soft spot for him. 
Um, I mean, there's so many good characters, though. Yeah. You know, it's, it's hard to pick. But, I yeah, with, when I read, what's your favorite character? Oh, Gotrek. Like, not even a yeah. question. Him and, him and Felix. Uh, mm-hmm. You've got to include Felix in there because that was the one thing that I felt was missing from when he returned. And I know that was part of the plot, but it made me sad that he was standing there without his remembrancer. So, um, yeah. So there you go with that. Um, those would be our picks. Let's see. Uh, let's. Oh, this is a good one. Uh, Brandon Field, what faction would you like to see updated next and why? Um, so what what are you thinking? I don't know. Now, I know you can't. I know because you because you play test, so you can't talk to things that uh, you know. I I, I get you, you're you can only say so much, but um, if we change this into if you had, well, I guess you really can't answer this, can you? There's really nothing you could do that might not get you in trouble. It's just everyone takes. There are some people that take everything that you say out of pure speculation, and then it ends up on Bella Lost Souls. Ah, um, but no, it's. For me personally, I would want to see the older books, like the ones with the uh, older logo on them, updated. Uh, and that's partially because a lot of those books have ridiculously long FEQs um, that I would like to see cleaned up and re-explained. Um, but that's just me. I think it's the books that haven't caught up to second edition yet. Yeah. I can see that. Um now, not not having that inside information, I was able to answer this actually pretty easily. Um, now, I know, I just, I, I, you know, elves are the one, you know, people keep saying we don't have our elves, but you've got, there have been a bunch of different elves show up. So as much as I would like to see the traditional, the dark elves and the high elves get some sort of a revisit, whether they're going to be merged or whether they're not or whatever's going to happen, I would like to see them, but I think the thing I'd like to see more than anything else would be, um, I, I guess at this point it would be a combination with the armies of men and possibly um, like the, the what are the, the, the dispossessed, the Dwarden, mm-hmm. because the dispossessed don't look like, you know, I, you know, you, you look at how, how they're coming out with things. And so you start to make guesses, and I just don't see the dispossessed getting like their own book anytime soon. Like it, I just for me personally, it just doesn't seem like um, it. It seems like the stuff that GW can't seem to make their own, like really make it their own, are, haven't been have been the ones not getting the love. And generic humans, um, Dwarden, I guess you would call them, you know, generic dwarfs, you know, the the or the classic dwarfs. But I wouldn't mind seeing a book that sort of combined all of that together, because they don't live on the caves anymore. They don't live in the mountains anymore, right? Like that's the fire slayers live in the mountains. The other Dwarden, they live in an Azir. They're like out there doing their thing above ground. So if they're mixed with all that, I mean, let's take all the little mini, you know, your Iron Weld arsenals and your dispossessed and your and your humans, and uh, that would be cool to see them kind of packaged up in something you could play. I don't think we will necessarily only because once again they're kind of generic and that's not I don't mean that in a in a derogatory way I'm just saying you know it's not something you can make your own and um 
if we just rely on the old models, you can use the Dwarden, the old Dwarden models. But the Empire models, that all looks like, you know... It will, the Germanic. Yeah. And is that going to fit? Like, is that what they're doing? Maybe they are. I don't know. I mean, they are kind of a little bit. Like, if you're reading the Callus and Tall stuff, it really feels like the old Empire in some of these places. Um, But I don't know. Like, that's what I would like to see. That That's, that's my... That's what I'd like to see next because um, plus I just want something to do with my Dwarden. <laughs> yeah. I still miss. I got those models. I miss my dwarves. So. All right. Um, what's the next question? All right. So this is from Patrick Callis. I think I said that right. What are your favorite non-AOS board games? Um, I actually have a lot uh, that I enjoy playing when the opportunity arises. Um, Infection is one of my favorites. Um, it's like reverse Monopoly with diseases. Nice. So it's like you get uh, five random diseases, anything from like whooping cough to measles or malaria or anything like that. And you kind of move around a Monopoly-type board, and your goal is to get rid of as many diseases as possible and they're all different colors, and if you get a red, five red diseases, you die, and you're just trying to be the first one to get healthy. Goodness. And it's a lot of like weird information, and instead of like community check or uh, what are the the waterworks and uh, the electric company, yeah. Instead of those, you have public bathrooms and the uh, public pool, and you can like leave one of your infectious diseases there, and the next person to land on that square picks up that disease. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah, it's it's funny. Gross. Um, yeah, no, it's that one's a good one. Um, and then also, uh, Epic Spell Wars of the Battle Wizards, uh, the Game of Thrones card game or the Game of Thrones board game from Fantasy Flight. Um, yeah, those are the ones that I like to play when I have the opportunity. Those are all good games too. Although I might skip the weird disease game, but that's just... Oh, it's hilarious. It probably is. Let's see. Oh, actually, I, I, um, with the makeup of my gaming group now, uh, you know, my gaming group, meaning Harrison and Christopher, I, I play a lot of non-AOS uh, board games. Uh, Star Trek Ascendancy, you've heard me talk about that a ton. Although um, we've been playing it a lot, and we've sort of all played all the factions, and they... You know, Gen Con last year, we play-tested, beta play-tested the two new factions, and the guy was like, oh, any any time now. And so it's still, that, that was August. Any time now. So we haven't played that as much. Um, who Goes There, based off of the, you know, the, the book Who Goes There, which is like the thing, that's one we play a lot. Um, Mansions of Madness. Which is the Fantasy Flight Cthulhu game, but you you play it with an app, so you kind of move around and the board expands. So as you're moving into stuff, uh, the boards are constantly changing. The creatures you're going to face, the things you do, that's very cool because it mixes with the app. So it tells you what to roll and what to do, and you roll it, and then you just plug it in on the app what happened, and so it, it kind of tells you bits of story along with uh, what you're doing. It's a fantastic game. Um, I got introduced to the Brasca. Uh, has that at Havoc, right? Yeah, yeah. He was, yeah. He had it there. Um, I played it um, with them a little bit at uh, 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 at Paca 
they had it. Uh, I like Cthulhu Wars. Almost anything with uh, Call of Cthulhu is fun. So Cthulhu Wars. Uh, it's like Chaos in the Old World, except with Cthulhu. Care, uh, ah. there's, you, you're, you're a cult of a different Cthulhu god. That's the best way I can explain it. They really are very similar games. Um, Cthulhu Wars is very expensive. There's a lot of models. They are very detailed. And there is a bunch of expansions for it. So it it it... it it does run into money if you like it um, and you really get into it, but it's it's quality. Um, what else do we play? If we're just sitting around, I mean, we always, you know, can, you can pull out Settlers because anyone can play that. Quarriers was one of those little dice games. Quarriers we play a lot. And um, I, oh, I've been playing um, Herbert West Reanimator, which is a, another H.P. Lovecraft story. Um, this is a cool game. You're all playing Herbert West, trying to perfect your 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 uh, you know your serum to bring uh, people back to life. Um, and you actually build the little town, like you put together all the parts. So there's like five or six different buildings, and each of you take turns, and you have to hit different buildings to do different things. Um, but as the game progresses, um, you're constantly rolling to see if some of the things like you have to. You have to perform experiments on these cadavers. And uh, every time you perform experiments, you have to sort of dump the bodies when you're done. And so there's always a chance that those bodies, will, those bodies will come back. And then they come back to the different buildings that you are trying to go to to get things you need to finish the experiments, which suddenly make it harder and harder to do. Um, you know, and, and like most Cthulhu games, it runs on health and sanity. And... Um, Different things happen. We had, we had a lot of fun with that. Uh, I picked that one up at Gen Con last year. We had a lot of fun with that. So those, I would say, are some of some of my favorites. But thir- definitely not all of the games um, that we play because there's a bunch. So um, mm-hmm. shall we take a break? Take a break. We probably should. We've been going a while. Yeah, now we've been going about 35, 40 minutes. So let's take a break, and then we will come back with uh, – more questions from the mailbag. Okay, listeners, what's the number one rule of hobby gaming? Okay, well, the number one rule of hobby gaming is don't buy more models than you can paint, but we all break that rule constantly. So what's the real number one rule of hobby gaming? Support your friendly local gaming store. And my friendly local gaming store is Lindsay's Gamer Garrison in Wakanda, Illinois. No, not that Wakanda. And no, not that Lindsay. So why Lindsay's Gamer Garrison? What do they have to offer? First, they carry everything Games Workshop. 40K, AOS, Blood Bowl, Necromunda, Kill Team, all the paint line. They even have Black Library books. They offer special discounts every day. And if you do go in there and there's something out of stock, special order discounts that you won't believe. After you buy all your models, feel free to stay and paint them at their fully stocked, totally free to use painting station. And then, once your army's ready, sign up for one of Lindsay's monthly tournaments. That's right. They have a local one-day event every single month, alternating between 40K and AOS. And that's still not all. Monday is Build and Paint Day. Come in on Monday, work on your latest project, you get a raffle ticket. Come in and play Warhammer on Saturday, 
get a raffle ticket. Now, what's the raffle? Every month, two winners receive a $50 gift card to use on GW products just for coming in and playing and painting and being part of the community. And that's not even all you get for coming in and being a part of the community. Come in for that Saturday gaming where you get a raffle ticket. You also earn a Lindsay's Gamer Token. And when you have eight tokens, you can turn them in and get free entry into one of the tournaments that I just mentioned earlier. And that's why I love Lindsay's Gamer Garrison. Fully stocked with all the GW product you could want, and they're doing their best to reward you for being part of the gaming community. What more could you ask for? A place to play, a place to build, a place to paint, a place to hang out, and a place that rewards you for being there. Folks, if you're looking for one place that will satisfy all your hobby needs, you have to come and see Lindsay's Gamer Garrison in Wakanda, Illinois. And we are back. Yes, we are. We're here. We're back. We're more questions from the mailbag. And, uh, oh, my goodness, yeah. We've, we've just, I hope, well, we may have to have a second. We have to save some of these for the next mailbag episode, the way this is going. I mean, still, we've got time. But yeah, we, we, have, do, we did get a lot of response. Yeah, we've literally got like 40 so. or 50 questions, and we're trying to get through as many as we can, as quick as we can. Uh, Sam Douglas writes, how many players would be advised for a 20,000-point narrative siege game? How would you balance the rules around artifacts, command points, and objectives? I'm running one in April and would love some tips. Um, I included this question in because I included all the questions we got uh, with, like I think, one exception. Um, uh, and that was from Rob um, because Rob uh, asked a question about uh, good loving, which totally isn't appropriate for the show. Uh, I'm out of my depth on this one. Do you got any suggestions for him? I have no idea. Yeah, I got nothing. Yeah, I, I mean, I never like, even thought to, to do something like this. I have this. tried to do games this big, um, and I've never done it correctly. So, I I don't know. Yeah, uh, no, it was... The, I he, wish the, I could this, help. This but. was on the Facebook page, and there were some... And, and thank you to all the... All the people who are, you know, fans, fans of the show who are on the Facebook page, listeners who did give uh, Sam some suggestions, at least where to look for stuff, because Mama Lucia, I have no idea. These, this, I would not even know where to start with this. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I feel bad about this, and I did want to ask it. Hey, listeners, if anyone has any ideas on how to run something like this, a huge siege campaign. Um, you can go to the Facebook page and let Sam know, or maybe email us, and we could we could post it up on the Facebook page. Um, you know, get back to to Mister Douglas there uh, to give him some tips and suggestions because that is just something I do not know about. So, sorry we couldn't be more helpful, Sam, but we put the word out, and you know, we we have some listeners. Maybe somebody knows. Okay, uh, Matt von Bear. Do you think there should be more compendium books like Skaven, Legions, and Nagash, Beast Chaos, to complete finish off the world that was book, or are the Grand Alliance books good enough? Um, I mean, the Grand Alliance books are, are okay. Like, 
you know, that's what I use to for the when I do in straight ogres. I mean, it works. Uh, yeah, I mean, even if it was just like additional leading abilities for some of the older factions, um, like Gutbusters or Order Draconis or what you know, the various multitudes of extras um, that haven't been addressed, even if it was just something like that. Um, but I don't know. I'm always in the idea of more books, more better. So yeah. I mean, sure. Would I would I love to see the the Grand Alliance books become unnecessary because they came out with better know, options? Yeah, I mean, you know, did they combine up? You know, they did it. We we first got the uh, Clan Pestilens, and now we got a Skaven update, which is basically everything. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I would have no problem seeing in basically everything Ogre update or a basically like I said the M. The you know free people free guild plus Duarden book, I mean, yeah sure I'd love to see books to make all of the Grand Alliance books um, unnecessary. Sure I would. Um, I don't know how practical that is, um, especially. Um, oh no, that doesn't have anything to do with those those other the army. I forget what you call them. What do you, what are the armies that aren't even in the Grand Alliance books? Like the compendium stuff? Yeah. Or like the uh, legends stuff? Yeah. Yeah, that stuff. So that's not even in there, but that's that's the really old stuff. I don't know. Like I said, I yeah, I'm always I like I, said, I agree with you 100%. More books, more better. I would love to see the world that was stuff come through and get done so that way um you don't have to you don't have to go with necessarily Grand Alliance, but you can. So. Mhm. Okay, uh, so Tony Kujawa asks, "Do you have a favorite Primark in 30k or chapter in 40k?" He's got a three-parter, so do we just want to do one by one? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so favorite Primark? Can I guess for you? It's Marnius Calgar. Marnius Calgar. No, he's not Calgar. What? Who? Uh, Rebuk Gilliman. Uh, he is not actually. I like. I, I don't get me wrong. I like him. But I kind of, I mean, all the Primarchs have a, a, a thing, too, that, you know, that makes me like them. But right now, um, well, you know what? Tell me yours, because. <laughs> I have two. You have um, two. It's Vulcan or Horus. Ah, good. Good choices. Any particular reason for them? Um, I like the conflicted nature of Horus um, and what he was through his fall. Like, I never kept up with the Horus heresy. Um, beyond uh, Fulgrim, and maybe one or two books after that, but like the original trilogy with Horus and his fall from grace, like that, I really found interesting in that character. And then Vulcan, um, I mean, I painted this Elementor army for a reason, it's because of humanity with Vulcan. Yeah, okay. Um, I, I like Horus too, although the more I read from Black Library and the more stuff I get, especially from Abaddon, I start to think that Maybe Horus was kind of an idiot, although I do like Horus a lot. Um, I feel bad for him, but um, he made some some doopy choices. Um, here, here, I'm going to go with this unpopular opinion. Right now, um, and like I said, no surprise to everybody, I like all the Primarchs for different reasons. There's nobody I really hate. I mean, they're all kind of cool in their own way. But right now, the guy I've been sort of obsessed with and I'm really interested in the most um, is the Lion. Oh, Lionel Johnson? Yes. Um, 
I know a lot of people don't like him. He fascinates me. Um, he's his mind is so sharp, and he is, but he's like he doesn't trust anybody. Like he he's paranoid to a, to a degree, I would say, um, but with good reason. Uh, there's so much going on with this guy, and he's he's trying desperately to hold all of this stuff together. Um, without letting anybody see all the cracks that are happening. He just, I love, I, I can't. Uh, and this is coming from a guy who, when I read the first uh, book um, about, was Descent of Angels? I think that was the first, uh, the first Dark Angels, a book in the in the Horus Heresy. Yeah. I, I literally called him, not I, I, I dubbed him the douche mark. Um, Ouch. Yeah. <laughs> but then the more I read, it's like, God, no, he's... There's something fascinating about him. There's, um, I don't know. I just, he really, uh, the, he just keeps his own counsel. But there's so much going on inside that head of his that uh, he kind of fascinates me. So I'm going I'm going with the lion, at least today. So his second question, what are your recommendations on uh, black library stories for old world and AOS? Um, AOS is pretty simple. There are some good ones. So like Soul Wars, Plague Garden, City Secrets, we've done those reviews. Um, if you're looking for other stuff from AOS. Uh, I did read Black Talon, which I'm hoping to cover soon on a show. Um, I know I'm, sitting, I'm, getting, I'm making sure you get a copy of the book to read it, too. Uh, I liked Black Talon a lot, and it set up some cool stuff. Um, so that's, that's another good one, maybe. Yeah. Um, and then Old World. Vampire Wars by Steven Seville, uh, Scars Nick. Vampire Wars coming up twice in an episode. It was a really good trilogy. I really um, loved it. And yeah. the best part about it is when you buy the, the compendium, you get that short story at the end that wasn't published outside of the compendium, mm-hmm. which explains why Isabella's crazy. It's so well, sad. I mean, it's yeah. so sad. And then uh, the Malice Darkblade uh, series. I mean, I much care for um, the last one as much, but the whole series is just amazing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's good. No, it's good stuff. Um, gosh, I have so much other stuff, too. Um, the Witch Hunters were good. Um, old World stuff, there's just really a lot of cool stuff. Um, I'm going to just say it. Gotrek and Felix. You know, coming up twice in an episode. Yeah, well, you're asking me, you know. Yeah, no. You go to the world that was. You can't uh, can't ignore that boy. So, no. um, those are things that I would definitely check out. Um, and then here's 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 the question: If money's not an issue, what's your next hobby project? Did you? What did you come up with for this? Because it hurts. It took me forever. It took so I was just like money, uh, like everything. Like I would just, I would be, if money was no object and I could do it, I just, I would go with being the completest and just get it all. But that's that's not really an answer. So, um, what about you? I, I do have an answer, but uh, I don't want to hog it all up. What did you? What did you, What hurts? What 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 are you going to do? Legion of Asgore. The Chaos Dwarves. Nice. I do really like that model range. They're um, so that, good. Yeah, and they do have a supported rule set, so I'd love to see them get a legit something. book. 
I'd love to see them get a legit book. No offense to Forge World. Make all the models you want. Let the let the let the other let the this team do the do the rules for them though. Yeah. I just I'd like to see that happen. Uh, that's a good answer. That's I was because uh, I wasn't thinking about that because I have them here because I have all of Chris's, Christopher's armies here. So um, yeah, it's just like it's a super expensive army. Um, yeah, it's a little one dimensional, but like none of the other chaos guys really get me all jazzed. But the chaos doors, for whatever reason, have always got me jazzed and excited. But it's just. It's so bloody expensive. Yeah, that is. Um, yeah, I know. Um, uh, now, I was thinking, uh, after I said, oh, completist, because, you know, that's me. Um, I would love to f- actually finish the my death project, which would be to be a completist in death. Get in, bring in the flesh eater courts, bring in the night haunt. Get, I think that would be gorgeous. But mm-hmm. but he did say if money wasn't an issue, and if money wasn't an issue, my next hobby project would be a Titan. Mm. Uh, I don't even know if it would be uh, a, a, a the, well. I mean, one of the Titan esque models. I was over at Lindsay's, and um, Andrew has uh, he bought and it's built. It's not painted yet. Um, the Eldar equivalent of a Titan. Yeah. The, the basically the 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 really big. I mean, it's like it's like eighteen inches tall or something stupid like that. It's 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 crazy. Mm-hmm. And I've seen the big, the really cool, big, well done, properly done Titans. Um, and it's something I always looked at and said that would be so cool. That would be such a cool thing to have. It'd be so neat, so much fun. Maybe not playable, but would be a neat thing to have. But I would, I mean, I could buy a used car for that, you know. Oh yeah, for sure. And so I'm just like, nah, I'm gonna pass. Um, but I think, I think if if money was no object, I would, I would want one. I would want one too bad, too much to not do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, if we had to go on a legit answer, as as much as I keep floundering over them, um, I. I'd complete. I'd have a complete death. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I would do the death grand alliance, basically. Just the whole damn thing. So, it's a good answer. It's, it's an answer. Yeah. All right. Uh, what do we got next? Uh, Kelly Martin asks: Given Corn is the most powerful chaos god, which of the other chaos gods truly has a shot of overtaking him, and why? Blood from the blood god. Um. It really just depends because their power waxes and wanes so much. Um, Can you ever everyone... really beat Corn? I mean, the only way to beat—I mean, the more death, the stronger he gets. You would literally have to kill everything, so there's nothing else to kill for him to be weakened. Wouldn't I you? I guess. No, I. Technically, all blood flowing keeps him strong. Um, but I don't know if. I mean, that's... I think Nurgle is almost the obvious one because the more death that all those dead bodies on the ground is where he, you know, the blood flowing feeds corn, but all those dead bodies on the ground, that's Nurgle's playground, right? Yeah. It's just one of those things that it really just depends on the situation and mm-hmm. who waxes the hardest. Um, 
He's like <laughs> Zine. No, no, uh, that's the thing. It's like with Zine, yeah. you could he misdirects corn all the time because that's what he does. Uh, Nurgle is obviously the corruption and the rot. Mm-hmm. And it just depends on that cycle of decay that we've talked about. And then even Slanesh, granted, uh, it's all chained up right now. But Slanesh, with their perversion with the excess, like that is easy to spread. And True. that's the absence. I just of- don't. I don't see Slanesh overthrowing corn personally. And there's nothing. Nothing against Slanesh players. I just, you know, yes, he can spread out all the all the excess to all the places and grow powerful. And then Corn comes in and starts killing those guys, and then their deaths weaken Slanesh and power Corn. I mean, obviously, I mean, if it was just the blood flowing makes him more, po- then he would have taken over already. So, I mean, obviously, yeah, but he can't. No, he can't. Obviously, um, and that might be part of it. Is if he does too much of the killing, then he runs out of stuff to kill. And then he's gone. Then he's then he's then he's nothing. Then it's like you know, those poor unfortunate souls. You know, he's just he's got nothing left. Um, but I would think Nurgle or, or like you said, Zinch, because you know, Zinch is playing the long game, so you never know what he's got in store. You know, mm-hmm. there's always some weird trip up or mix up or thing that happens um, to mess them up. Um, I also think to just. Um, Chance. I don't want to say fate because that falls back to uh, uh, Zinch, but uh, I was thinking about this. I think Chance just sort of keeps any of them from ascending too well over the others. Plus, the other ones will team up and gang up on you if you get too much power. But there's always that sense of when it seems like you're at the zenith and you're at that point where you're going to do everything right, some stupid thing screws you up. Whether it's uh, you know whether it's Skaven screwing up the optics of your spell. Or whether it's um, you know you're teamed up and it, you're at your moment of ascension and your and your teammate realizes that that's going to happen, so he backstabs you, and that happens all the time with chaos. They are constantly helping each other out until the other guy gets too strong and then stabbing him in the back. Could the great horned rat do it? Um, you th- could the great horned rat ascend over the other four? Over corn, yeah. Because he encompasses, like, three of the four of them. Uh, wow, I don't know. It would have That would have to be some spectacular shenanigans for him to do it. Because, let's face it, he is sort of like, uh, you know, and once again, nothing against uh, Skaven players. But they are, you know, they are the red-haired stepchild of the Chaos Gods. I mean, they all look down on him. Um, the great horned rat, and and their followers look down on the Skaven. I mean, it's they're either they're amazingly underestimating them, or they're sort of the whipping boy. And I just don't know how the whipping boy becomes the king. I don't know. Always got to go for the under rat. I guess, and you never know because I mean, honestly, the writers there surprise us all the time. You never know what uh, what a Graham McNeil or uh, one of those guys would uh, do, um, given the chance to. To flip the script on the on the powerful ones um, with the Skaven, um, it could be cool. So, mm-hmm. but uh, I guess we didn't really answer that question because um, I'm not certain. Um, but what are you going to do? All right, what's next? 
Uh, Ross Warrington, what armies are you guys thinking about doing next? 40K, AOS, other systems, everything counts. What's on the docket? What's on your wish list to work on? Other than Legion of Asgroth. No, I mean, that's, that's like, never going to happen, but that's okay. <laughs> um, like, I do want to do a Chaos Army and a Death Army at some point. Um, oh, you do have, you have a Destruction and you have a, okay. I have a number of Order Armies and I have my, the, the Gloom Spite. Um, so I would like to do a Chaos and I would like to do a Death. Um, it's just nothing Chaos has grabbed me, as previously mentioned, and then Death like the only one that really jazzes me would be either be like Legion of Blood or Nighthaunt. Yeah. Nighthaunt is pretty cool. The more I look at that book, the more uh, you know what? I don't even want uh, no, this, uh, this is not hobby therapy time. I'm just the appeal is that it's easy because it's spray, technical paint, dry brush, move on with your life. That yeah. But it is one of those things that like I had done a ghost esque army in seventh edition um, of fantasy, so for me to revisit that, I would like to do that. But we'll see. Yeah. Um. I you know I'm sort of in your boat. I don't. I have order and death. Uh, I and even though I've been building ogres for Kira and putting them together, we've been slapping paint on them for her. Um. I am super attracted to the um, the orcs and their um, um, the iron jaws. I am super iron jaws and the and maybe blades of corn, um, or like I said, or the troll arm. I, 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 I want to build an army that's just a, a bunch of really big things that hit really hard. Like, mm-hmm. I, and I keep I'm, I'm going to do it eventually. But right now, I can't justify it with all the all the gray plastic and nonsense sitting around. So right. I I just keep dreaming. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's that's what it is. I'm gonna bite the bullet on one of those two at some point, though. I just can't decide which. Yeah. So, um, what's next? Uh, John Weir asks. I've heard a rumor that Soul Blight. Maybe getting some attention this year. What extra units would you like to see beyond Plastic Blood Knights and new Vampire Lords? Um, now, I had not heard this rumor, but. Yeah, this is news, to me at least. Um, so, I don't know. I mean, I'd like to see a Vampiric Infantry. Yeah. If something was to get done with that. Um, like some sort of elite blender unit on foot would be neat. Um, yeah, the Blood Knights can. I'd like to see some on foot, and it would. Yeah, it would. It would. They would. Yeah, it would be expensive, but it would be cool. Um, I would. I would. I'd like some new zombies. You know, and a, another thing. How do you make that your own? And GW is very much into making all the new stuff very much unique and theirs. But I would love to see some new zombies. But. Um, yeah, if we're talking about yeah, a, a, a lot of vampires in your in your death, I'd love it, love it, absolutely love it. Um, mm-hmm. be, that's that was that was what originally drew me to vampire counts were the vampires, and now that it's death and Nagash has sort of taken it all back, it's still cool, but 
I, I, I don't know what I'd like to see beyond all the vampires. Like you said, and vampire infantry would be very cool. Go with something elite um, like that. That would be actually cool to see on the field. Vampire infantry and vampire on regular horses taking on those those big monstrous, what they, monstrous cavalry we used to call them. Um, <laughs> you know, that would be really cool because they don't necessarily have the 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 size, right. but they've got but they've got the ability. That would be a fun thing to to play. But once again, yay! You want to see some more death, Dave? Yeah, well, I might as well add it to the list of stuff I can't finish. Uh, what do we got next? Uh, James Goldsmith. What are your thoughts on having a combined free people army consisting of regular humans, Duarden, and elf troops that don't appear in other armies? Oh, I literally just said this is what I wanted. Yeah. <laughs> there, there's your answer. We answered that one. I totally would love to see this book come next. Um, that would be very cool to me. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the next question? Dan Summers asks, how has your hobby evolved since the launch of AOS? Do you feel you're more energized? You feel you're energized for more projects, enjoying playing more, feeling more narrative or otherwise, and critically having more fun in AOS than in WFB days. Um, so the answer is yes. Uh, with regards to having more fun, um, I've been leaning towards smaller projects, like less model count armies um, with the release of Age of Sigmar. Um, it is... Like, I don't legitimately know how I painted, like, 120 grots uh, in my Night Goblin army. I don't know how I painted that massive death army that I did, which was, like, 60 zombies and 50 skeletons plus everything else. I don't know how I did that back then. 240 zombies, 130 skeletons, 120 ghouls, plus all the periphery. You know what? That's my problem. Is that I think that's why I'm looking to small. Plus, they come out so fast. There's yeah. always a new book. It's like, do I really want to? It, do I really want to commit to painting these 300 models when the next new? Sh- and it's not even. And I'm not even running a new shiny because I have not bought any of uh, models for the like the uh, Night Haunt was the last thing I bought stuff for. You mm-hmm. know, um, but there's always that temptation. And honestly, going back now. And repainting the skeletons. I, I, I started uh, rebasing and repainting all the skeletons for Nagash. It's soul-crushing. I am not happy. And this is what's taken me so long to get an army done. I don't want to do that again. Like, I don't know that I... I mean, unless it's something I absolutely fell head over heels in love. I can get if you want to paint up 120 Skaven, you know, rats. Or if you want to do this, like, if that's your passion and that's your army... But there's so many cool armies out there that I'd be happy to play with. Do I want to? Uh, like I said, this is not the hobby. I'm, no, I'm I'm done talking about that because we're gonna have I'm gonna have a garage gamer just called Hobby Therapy where we just complain because yeah. uh, mm-hmm. it's it's hard and it's like I love death, but I don't want to paint it anymore. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and that's and that's, and that's and that's not a good thing. Since you don't want to play with gray plastic, and you can't in some situations, and you don't want to in others. so Oh, and you know what? Total sidetrack here. Back to Warhammer Club. First three, four, five weeks, we've been playing. We just built the models, and we haven't really painted them, right? The kids come in, and they helped us build them. We've been teaching them to play. We, I haven't had time to paint them, you know, and, and the guy that uh, I run the club with, he's more into 40K, so he's been sort of doing, like, basing up the 40K models. 
Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you, it's it's amazing to see. Now, the kids have come in, and they've all been sort of cool on the game. And I'm like, look, come next week, bring your friends. And I brought my fat mat, the the you know the lava fat mat. I brought uh, all, I brought all of my AOS specific terrain, all the stuff that I bought. So uh, you know the all the ruins and stuff like that. I put all that stuff on the table, and I pulled out two painted thousand point armies. Mm. Every kid who was really more into 40k than AOS was over at our table. Like, I want to play this. Yeah. Like, you don't realize when you're sitting around with such a mix of things and you're trying to paint, and then you go to tournaments and everybody's got stuff painted. You don't know the effect that it really has until you watch people who don't know the game that much see that they've been doing stuff and playing, and they're sort of, and then they see when it's all painted and it's all out there how much it it grabs their attention. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's – I just want to bring that up because I just thought about it when you mentioned that, having that all painted like that. Um, so, yeah. So, I'm sorry. I hate to interrupt. Keep going. Um, you're. I think both of us, we've evolved to wanting to do smaller armies, uh, partly yeah. so I could do more armies. Exactly. <laughs> Adam Cole asks, whatever happened to Alex's flagellant army? I think we just talked about <laughs> – I was going to say what happened. So it's a two part thing. Um, I want to move on to other projects. And the second part of it is um, the last time I played the army was at Dragonfall in their team event. And even at a thousand points or 1250, um, I don't want to push around that many models. And with that army, with how it works is it's, a lot of double rolling, a lot of re-rolling, a lot of doing a lot of work with very little results um, because of their profiles. So, like, they throw out a bucket of attacks, like, four attacks each. Okay, I have 20 guys to get to fight, so that's 80 attacks, re-rolling failed to hit, re-rolling failed to wound. Or re-rolling failed ones to hit in wound on the charge. It's just the mental gymnastics and the effort that goes into rolling that many dice and doing it so many times and killing maybe three models. Um, That's the thing. I've played. I've, I've I played against you with that, and um, it's it, all those buckets of dice. And I'm like, I'm taking this guy off now. <laughs> it just. Watching your face, like, <sighs> yeah, it's it's exhausting to play, and in a just... non-tournament setting, no, sure, narrative is fine, but yeah. it's, for me, that army is not going to be more than a narrative army. See, and that's so... it because I would totally play with you down here in the crypt, and we could throw all that stuff on the table when we're not under a time limit. When we've got the whole evening, we could stop halfway through, go get some pizza, come back. Yeah, you know. That's that's fine, but I could see. I that. mean, if I fleshed it out to like a two, two a full two thousand points, that is like a hundred and forty, hundred and sixty flagellants plus multiple war altars plus allies and guys. I love them, but I just I don't have that in me. No, no, it's 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 the game has changed. I used to love painting. Huge. I mean, it was it was a it was it was hard work. Honestly, there were times I felt like I was going insane painting all those zombies. But it was I I loved it because when it was done and it was on the table and it was all ranked up, it did look cool. It was pretty cool. 
to see those big, massive armies. But that's I don't I don't feel that that's necessarily this game anymore. Like you can do it, but if you're going to do it, you better do it right and make sure that you're prepared. Like you know, um, I don't want to go back to that the old, the what is it the AOS handbook or whatever the thing that um, when I you know when we talked about a few episodes back what is it the workbook or whatever. But if you're going to do that, man, you got to know your army like the back of your hand. You know, mm-hmm. otherwise, otherwise, it's not only did you spend ages painting it all, but it's going to take forever to play it. Right. So. Um, let's see. And then will either of us be at Nova? No. No, I, I can't. I, I can't. I don't get to try. I, I get to go to Wisconsin and I get to go to Indiana and that's just about it for me. Um, I'm trying to make a trip up in September. I want to go up to uh, Ryan Nichols uh, 40K event in Minnesota and that'll be like the farthest I've ever traveled for a tournament because I just I got too many little kids around here. I can't be gone that long. Yeah. Um, all right. Next question. Tim O'Brien, AOS or Old World Lore? Now, I have an answer to this that he's not going to like. Um, okay. AOS lore is Old World Lore. Ooh. A, the world that was is still part of this story. Okay? It is. Mm-hmm. And so it, this is just a continuation of it. Now, do I do I prefer the old stuff to the new stuff? You can ask that, but I would say uh, it's it it's still a continuation of the same story. There are still characters that lived in that time. There are still events that happened in that time that get discussed regularly in these books. Um, yes. So I would say it is all part of the same lore. Um, it. it do you have? Uh, do you have any? I have something else, but I, I want to let you jump in before I before I just run rampant on this because this one um this one's kind of near and dear to my heart. So, what do uh, you think? As far as ex- like the big, it's like it, old world lore. However, the caveat is that was a long time for them to build and develop. And Age of Sigmar is a continuation of the same stories. But it has had less time to develop. Thank so. you. That was my other part. That's the thing I was going to say. It's you can't. I mean, how do I compare three years of lore with thirty? Yeah, and it's it's hard. Um, but I think the direction of the writing and where it's going now with Age of Sigmar is even different from where it was when it launched. Ex- yep. So uh-huh. it's still evolving, and we're still waiting for the rest of these worlds to get flushed out. Yeah. Whereas with the old world, it was flushed. It was full. There was literally nothing else they could do. Yeah. um, Yeah. Exactly. That's exactly what I was going to say. You just, I mean, you know, even let's say now you had 30 years, literally 30 years of, of of the world that was, you know, talk to me in seven years if AOS is still running these stories and see how much they've put into it. Because honestly, they've put so much into these last three years. They put more in these last three years than they did almost the entire time that I was playing, uh, you know, seventh and eighth edition. Mm-hmm. Because that that world they had sort of fleshed it out so much that it was a limit to where you could go. Here, there isn't any. So yeah. you know, I, I th- you know, in three years they haven't had the time to really compare them, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, my favorite characters are from the old world still. 
I just, yeah, it's it's a hard question, but it's all part of the same lore, and that's the one thing that I always think when people ask me what's the difference between the two of them. Well, they're the they're still part of the same story, so right. Um, <laughs> Jared says this is episode two thirteen. It ends in a thirteen. We this is supposed to be a Skaven review. No, it's really not. So <laughs> I I did the math on this one, and isn't it two twenty one? I think. No, no. Um, so if we're doing thirteen, if that's the sacred number to Skaven, so thirteen to the th- there are 13 squared, so 13 times 13 would be episode 169. Um, we've clearly passed that. So then we have to go to the next power of 13, which is episode 2,197. Um, we won't make him wait that long. Uh, 221 is the next episode that is divisible by 13. It's 13 times 17, which if you take the number 13 plus the four hours it'll take us to do it. Uh, no, that- no, no, no. It won't take us four hours. You have to... <laughs> It's like a six-hour book. so. Oh, speaking have, of which. Oh, go ahead. Finish. Sorry. I'm sorry. So you have to do 13 times 19. So what is that? Um, no, no. Clear. 13 times 19. Uh, so episode 247. 247, yeah. Oh, look at that. I figured it out. So head. there you go. We'll do that one. <laughs> we'll call it now twenty four seven skated. That's third. No, that's like a year and a half from now. We'll do it before we that. We can do it thirteen months from now. <laughs> you just don't want to tackle that big ass book. I'm, I'm not saying. <laughs> I'm not saying. I'm just saying. Yeah, but then yeah, two forty seven would be about about right. Yep. Okay, um, can, uh, speaking of which, speaking of book reviews, I just want to drop this. In, uh, I forgot to mention this in the news. Um, so Alex and I have been talking, and we are going to try to do a bit of a new format for our book reviews. Um, you know, we constantly try to trim back on like going over every rule for everything, and we still wind up talking about it all. And we're still working on that. But I think what we're going to do is, um, and Alex, correct me if I'm wrong here, you and I will still record the whole episode, but we're going to sort of break it down like we do normally. We'll do all the lore, and then we'll go into the rules. But as far as releasing goes, um, we're going to release them in two parts, but not necessarily as two separate episodes, like two weeks apart. We'll do what we did with the last episode, except we're going to break it at a logical place. So what we're going to be introducing with the next uh, with the next uh, battle tome we cover is it will be lore and war. So we'll have the first episode will come out will be all the lore, and then the second episode, which will come out a day or two later, um, will be all of the rules and the crunchy stuff. So you can listen to both. Um, it'll be a quicker, easier to download them. Uh, it'll be an easier to digest chunks, and um, I think it'll be an interesting experiment to see um, if one gets more downloads than the other. If our audience is more into the lore or more into the war. Uh, and this way, when you get people who just don't care about one or the other, they don't have to download that one or they don't have to sit through it. Um, but I think that's what we're going to do. I think that's a good idea. Mm-hmm. So so look forward to that <laughs> in the near future. Uh, what's next? Uh, Marcus. Marcus Sharaput. Uh, when are you going to do Beast of Chaos? I'm eagerly anticipating a goat-tastic time, and that's no bull. 
Okay, first of all, I'm going to groan at your puns. Um, I like those are puns, pretty beastly. Are <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That, I I got nothing. But I yeah, got... it was gruff. Um, anyway, um, um, so the answer is when are we going to do it? Eventually, uh, we just I. There's so many, and I've just I'm I'm no longer into the. We have to release it. And I know you're not. Say, I know he's not saying this, but there's a lot of people like we have to release it right when it comes out, so that way people will tune in and listen to our show. Yeah, we've heard that a lot. Yeah. Um, oh, we have to do that. If you're not the, I mean, dude, at this point, Facehammer releases it the day it goes up for pre-order. So I'm not, and we're not gonna. I'm not gonna beat that. We're not gonna do. We're not gonna get it out that quick. Um, and it's not like this is a zero sum game. That if people have listened to that, they're not gonna listen to ours. So. We're putting it out when we get around to getting it read properly and giving it all the thought and consideration that we can so that we give you the most... The best product that we can. Yeah. Uh, honestly, we try to give you the most thorough, the most complete coverage that we can on these books. So mm-hmm. uh, let's see. Oh, Matt you know what? Clark. Similar. Okay, we'll do that one, and then I think it's time for another break. Uh, We're gonna have to take our last break, yeah, because it's been forty-five minutes. So, so will we be? uh, Matt Clark asks, will be? Will we be hearing another Blades of Corn review, or has that been sidelined along with the Stormcast? Um, Maybe, possibly. Not sure. I (sighs) figure that out later. I think Um, books that haven't been covered. Before, like, like honestly, I think we'll do beasts before we do blades. Um, yeah, we'll probably beasts, do the skin. flesh eaters. Yeah, even. yeah. Um, well, flesh eaters actually is as a repeat as well now at this point. Yeah, so um, it won't take as much precedence as like skin right. or beasts. Yeah, that. Yeah, basically, that's how we're going. Um, you know, there's another stormcast book, and uh, I mean. If if we've covered if, when you've got four different books you haven't five different books you haven't covered yet we're gonna go first with the ones that have had no coverage at all and then 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 get to the ones that have you know, that are on their third or fourth fourth book because I think isn't this the third corn book this is number three yeah so we've got four stormcast and three corn and hate that or love it as you will um, there's other things we got to cover. Um, and then the serious question, hobby tips for staying motivated and pushing through to get whole units armies done. How do I stay on track? Um, I break it up personally. Yeah. So, you have to. yeah. So like I just did a unit of 20 or a third of a unit of, uh, stabas for the gits. And then I broke it up and started working on a underworld's war band. So it's one of those things that, you have to break it up. You can't just get stuck in the mire of just doing one thing. So if you do like 20 dudes, do a character next, something you can spend a little more time on, put a little more detail into, and then go back into the grind. So you have to break it up. And if you have to take a break to step away from it for a day or two, that's fine. You have to do what you do. Yeah. Um, I get. I'm torn with this because I give advice that I don't even keep myself. Because um, if you're doing a unit of forty or models or sixty models, you know, or something really large, um, you know, I know a lot of people who do them in batches of five or ten. Um, my OCD would not allow for that. Like if I'm going to paint cloaks on gits, 
uh, I'm painting all 60 cloaks. Like I'm doing the base coat or I'm doing, you know, if I'm doing a color on a thing, I'm going to go through and do them all. Um, and there's no reason to do it that way other than I'm an idiot. Um, you could totally break it down into tens or twenties. Um, part of it is when I do, I find, you know, when I'm doing a unit of 40 or 50 or 60, by the time you get to number 50 or 60, usually number one is dry, which means you can just go right to the next step. And as you're working on it, suddenly it becomes this grind. I go from one end of the line to the other, and then I start over again and I start with the next color and then I go back and start with the next color. And it, it does become soul crushing. I'm doing that with my skeletons right now and it's driving me bonkers. Um, but if you do, if, if, if you, if you have the wherewithal to say, you know, I can do 10, and if I come back and do another 10, they'll still look the same. You know, that's part of my thing. It's just like, oh, if I, if I come back, I might not have the exact same mix of paint, and it might not be the exact same shade. And it's like, who are you fooling? You are not a golden demon painter, stupid. So um, do them in fives or tens. And then while that's drying, you know, grab that other model. You know, you can literally break it up while you're doing it, letting this, giving this stuff time to properly dry all the way through and be where you want it to. You know, you can stop and grab that character model and do a few things on them or grab that, that war band from Underworld and do a couple of things on them just while that bit's drying, which when I was doing that, um, I actually started doing that with the, when I needed a break from the skeletons was just painting junk onto the onto my ultramarines or one time i was like i'm gonna let this dry and i took a break and i did uh i I did decals on five shoulder pads you know Mm -hmm. just just something to do something different um i found that's 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 the way that uh you or i mean i know lots of people who are just like nope i'm gonna sit down and push through this and when it's done it'll be glorious and the 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 Herculean effort of going through sixty things and just doing them one after another like a machine uh, for some people is reward in and of itself. Look what I did! I muscled through. So mm-hmm. that's up to you. I'm not certain, um, but it's break time. It is going to take our last break. Going to do going to take a few more questions, and uh, then at that point, once we get a few more questions done, we're going to s- save some of these for our next mailbag episode because I got a feeling we may be doing one pretty soon especially since we got all this Akon stuff coming up and no time to read another book so we will save some of these questions for later but we'll be right back Are you finally looking to start your rebasing project? Six Squared Studios. Are you looking for some new and interesting resin terrain? Six Squared Studios. Are you looking for some fancy acrylic counters to keep track of wounds or maybe some other statistical anomalies? Six Squared Studios. Maybe you need a new rack for your paint? Six Squared Studios. Well, then look no further. What you need is Six Squared Studios. They ship worldwide with domestic shipping for both the U.S. and Canada. Six Squared Studios. That's right, Six Squared Studios. That's the number six, squaredstudios.ca. When your gaming needs go beyond your basic dice, tape measure, models, and paints, think Six Squared Studios. Six Squared Studios. Now all your base are belong from them.
and we are back answering more of your questions, burning, burning questions you always wanted to ask two guys that like to talk a lot. The burning questions, not the questions about burning. Yes. So, um, Aaron uh, says, not AOS specific, but hobby as a whole. What do you wish you could do more of? If money and time were no object, how would you interact with the hobby? Or how would your interaction with the hobby change if money and time were no object? Um, definitely play more. Yes. Um, That's, that was my number one. Get in more games. Yeah. And if time and money were no object, um, I would honestly probably commission an army. Like to a really high standard. But. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. I could see doing that. If time and money were no object, I would run a, a tournament, a GT. I would have the Garage Hammer GT. And I could start, I, you know, and honestly, I mean, I'm not even talking to do something crazy like the stuff Alex does. I would love to have just a 32-man, five-round GT, where which mm-hmm. is the perfect number for five rounds. You'd have a clear, uh, you know, as long as nobody's coming up with weird ties, you'd have a clear winner. Um you know, get the terrain ready because that's that's time and money. You know, six, oh, yeah. sixteen tables. It doesn't seem like a lot. It does. Well, yeah, I guess it does. But no, I mean, no, but if you think well, I mean, about when you see, doing, go ahead. Sorry. If you think about doing eight or nine pieces of terrain per table, and you want them to look good, so that's what math is hard. Nine times sixteen is a hundred and forty-four. Good man. So you have 144 pieces of train that you want to do, plus obtain mats, plus this, that, and the other thing. It's a lot of work. Yeah, getting the hotel or the place you're going to do it at, getting a place for people to stay. I mean, I I see what you do, and I saw what uh, Chris, you, and and Grant used to do for for Blood in the Sun. Well, it's not what I do. It's what Domus does. Oh, yeah. Between Domus, uh, Adam Chunzo, and then Brendan Melnick and the Milwaukee crew, like, there's a lot of terrain that gets made for. Oh, I didn't. Come, I didn't so. mean. I just didn't mean terrain building. I'm just saying when you like because you you've run. I mean, uh, you know, core competency where we met, um, the Screw City. Just anyone putting together a, a, even a 40 man tournament, it's so much work. Yeah. Um, that that's that's honestly what I would would do if 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 it was if if I had the time. And with Kira now moving into eighth grade next year and going to be about in high school, uh, Harrison leaving for college next fall, Morgan leaving the fall after that, who knows? My time may open up. If I'm still doing this in two, three years, you could see a Garage Hammer GT. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, that's my answer. So um, what else we got here? Bill Costello. Oh, he's, Bill's from Rolling Bad, isn't he? Uh, oh my god! Sure. I gotta edit this. I can't believe I just did that. Let's do that no, again. No, keep it. Keep it. Oh really? Let's just leave it. They make fun of us yeah. enough, right? Yeah. And if we got the wrong podcast completely, well, whatever. Hey, you know yeah. what? I eh, I only listen for Elric anyway, so whatever. <laughs> Is he back on the He's show? Back. Okay, so it might be palatable. Oh, um, were we throwing out some? Oh. Hey, they deserve this after we lost all of our iTunes reviews, and now they're like, we are the most highest rated AOS podcast on iTunes, the jerk stores. Um, Okay, if you could have GW update 
up update because English is my first language. Uh, if you could have GW update any one battle tome or create a new one at your demand, what would it be? Oh, um, do you have an answer for this one? Grot bag scuttlers. Ah, God, I knew, I knew you were going to say flying, flying goblins, flying grots. Yeah, oh, I win. I win. I knew it. Um, if I were going to, honestly, and I kept going back to this one, I still want the one I talked about earlier in the show because I want I want some Dwarden and I want some Dwarden like old school Dwarden. And if they have to be mixed in with humans and other things to make it work, I don't have beef with that. Um, we've you know uh, the 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 overlords are cool. And the Fire Slayers are cool, but I want classic Dwarden back. So that's that would be that would be mine. Um, yeah, I honestly I tried to think of something new, like a new army, and I was just like, um, I don't know. Like I can't think of anything offhand. Um, the only thing I thought of were like more gimmicky, and I don't know that I necessarily want those. Like most, like an all cav army or stuff like that. But you can do that with so many of the books now. Mm-hmm. So that's that's that was my answer to that. Um, Let's see, Boss Glint. Yep. Uh, asks, would you prefer catching up all the old battle tomes or get new battle tomes for new forces? What do you think is the biggest success of AOS and the biggest failure slash criticism is? Um, so two-parter. Um, first part, more books, more better. And we already kind of talked about it. I'd like to see them all or get the older books caught up to second edition. Yeah. Um, or the or, or the, the models that don't have their own books, too. Get everybody, yeah. get everybody in a book and get them up to date. Um. And then the biggest success or like failure criticism, like we, this show we try to talk positive. Um, the biggest success of AOS, I really think, has been the involvement of the community and the growth of the community, um, and the engagement from GW and actually like bringing people together and getting more people interested in the game. Um, I think that has been the biggest success story for Age of Sigmar is that it's gone above and beyond what fantasy was. I think. Yeah. Um, and I think the biggest criticism, I think, and I still have it, is just the way it was launched. Yeah, and that's 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 starting to get old, actually. I mean... Yeah, but that's the thing. It's like, that's how much of a... How far back you have to go to try to find a criticism. Yeah. Um, because it's been coming out. It's been great. The updates are regular. And they're trying to keep it, and they're moving a lot. So I don't know. Like, I, that's why. If I'm gonna I go with far. if I'm gonna go with a criticism that's not launch. Then I know what this is. Do you? Army's uh, getting terrain features. Oh no, I don't mind that. Um, oh really? That isn't what you said. <laughs> oh, you know what? That is that's exactly the opposite of what I said when we were playing. Okay, it's weird that everyone's getting one. Like, I mean, I get that everyone. It they. My my complaint with the get armies getting terrain features isn't so much that everyone's getting one; is that some of them are so huge, and it's it's so much. It 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 it, it gets weird when you're taking up that much board space with your with your extra terrain bonusy stuff. It to me, it just it's it's just a little odd. 
Um, they're cool though. Like the stuff you were doing with your deepkin was bananas. Like I fear that army after playing against you. Like I was like, oh wow, that's I didn't know they could do that. That's that's scary. Um, but I mean, yeah, my complaint is not that everyone's getting a terrain feature; it's that they're so damn big. They're they're too big, especially when you can have two boats, two of those big boats. That's crazy. That 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 thing that whatever the gits got the giant moon face the, the, the Mac it's Mac tonight guy. Um, that thing's huge. It's so big that that would be a beef. But no, my actual uh, critique um, was um, I, it, it seems like we got some power creep going on, and I was kind of hoping to avoid that. Um, it some I mean some of these things that are coming out now, and maybe it's just because we're not used to it yet. But it seems like there's some really banana stuff happening, and. Uh, I, I, you just don't want things to go completely overboard and crazy. Um, I know that there's those people who are, it's like the war machine theory. If everything's turned up to 11, if everything's broken, nothing's broken. But that's just not true. Because if everything's broken, then the, the odds of you getting tabled on turn one become higher, no matter how awesome your thing is, if their thing is also super awesome. Um, and that's my only, that my one, I don't want to see, uh, armies coming out that can reduce it to a the game's over in a turn. Mm-hmm. That that would be that would be my one criticism. Other than that, the terrain pieces are just too darn big. Um, I forgot I even said that. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you for reminding me. You're welcome. Um, yeah, and the success. I mean, God, dude, everything about this game—it's just uh, it took a long time to transition. Um, and that's part where, you know, when we talk about the release, um, part of the problem with the release is this game was so different and it just didn't felt like it didn't even seem like that was getting acknowledged. Like this game is just such a different game, but it's so much fun now. Like it's so much. If I had to pick one thing and it's not rank and flank and it's not all the models you had to paint and it's not the round bases or the square bases, it's that we no longer I line up at 12 inches, you line up at 12 inches, and we punch each other in the face until there's nothing left. You know, occasionally having to skirt around terrain to get into a good vantage point to get into your opponent's flanks. Um, That was like every every game. Like you'd go to a tournament and you'd get five or six games of that. With, And granted, a good tournament organizer would throw in some objectives and things like that. But that that always felt like it was more to separate the field than for purposes of gameplay which is now every every everything you got to have a battle plan every round you got to have a, a a battle plan there's got to be objectives it's become a necessity and that i love because that leads to more games uh i think that that can tell a story so um we got time for one more question and um i think we need to go down with uh Mitzi Mm-hmm. Um, Mitzi um, said, hey, Dave, and I'm assuming he also meant you, but I'm the one who put the tweet out there. So this came out. Mm-hmm. If you could create one endless spell for any faction, what would it be and for which faction? I thought this was pretty, uh, this was a pretty good question. Um, did you come up with anything? Yeah, but I'll let you go first. Okay. Um, now, having seen the... Uh, 
the corn book and how they have uh, quote unquote, it, it, it's not they're not endless spells, but they are endless spells. Um, you know they they but they're prayers because corn doesn't believe in magic, and the interesting way that they show up and the interesting way that they may just go away because they're not technically endless spells. I would like to see one surprise surprise for the Dwarden. I'd like to see them get some. And the one I would like to really like to see in this, and I, once again, this is a rough draft idea. But be, considering how the the dwarves were always, I mean, their whole thing is, you know, screw magic. I would love to see a piece, and a spell that you drop somewhere on the board. Boom. And when it hits, um, you uh, have a chance of dispelling all the other spells on the board. Um, like on the because that that would be so cool. You cast this thing and it just drops, boom, and then you roll a die and on a certain number, any spells that are in effect, including spells you cast, like just basic spells you cast, it could just nullify everything. And then, um, maybe like because it's not magic, maybe like the corn thing, you roll a die to see if it stays, and if it does stay on the next turn, it has a pulse. So now it's not everything on the board; it's everything in a range. And if it stays the next turn, it's a smaller range. And if it stays out for three or four turns, by the end it just goes away on its own because the range of the spell, the rune that's canceling out all the magic, um, just uses itself up and goes away. But I would love to see just some master rune of of go away uh, magic. Just you drop it somewhere, and maybe it doesn't do the whole board. Maybe it has. Maybe the first pulse is a, is an area effect. But considering how some of these things have twenty four inch effect ranges it would have to be a big effect range but that's what i would love the the dwarden to get a giant anti-magic endless uh rune call you know instead of a spell there you know um that's mine what do you think i don't know i mean i would love to see deepkin get something uh but that's a personal thing. I would love to see like some sort of kraken or something. Um, something for them to release or... the kraken. Yeah, and of course you have to paint it black. Um, and then, <laughs> Just or like even my if red it's doors. something. Yeah, yeah. Or, uh, well, no, because then it's like the color of the rum. Oh no, I get it. I was just making a, a really bad yeah, no, Rolling no. Stones also, reference. Also, squidding. No, no, I got you. Um, <laughs> Maybe some Nurgle ones. Um, maybe like a tidal wave of slime, almost like the uh, what do you call it? The like the earth wave. Tide. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but have that be like slime or something. Oh, that could be cool. Yeah, I don't know something like that, or a swarm of flies similar to the endless life swarm. Would have it be flies? Oh, so the exact opposite of the endless life swarm. Yeah. Or it hurts everybody else and then helps, but Nurgle finds it refreshing type of thing. It tickles. Yes, it does. All right. Um, okay, folks, if we haven't gotten to your question yet, and we did over half of them. So mm-hmm. if we haven't gotten to your question yet, we will get to it um the next mailbag uh, segment. Um, and... Uh, keep an eye out. If you're a Patreon patron, keep an eye because I did throw up there, um, you know, if anyone had questions. Um, we will definitely be asking for this again, and it may be sooner than you think because after Akon, 
who knows if we're going to have time to read a, read and cover another book. We may just want to kind of finish this off. I've had a lot of fun doing this. Mm-hmm. This was fun. Um, just kind of going through ideas and, and shooting things back and forth and answering these kind of questions. Um, so I think that's it. Are we done? Uh, no, I think we're good. Yeah. Okay. So, um, folks, uh, don't forget to check out uh, the Free Buddhist Network and all the cool shows that are on there. Leave them a review. Um, also, uh, you can totally um, leave us a nice review on iTunes since, uh, as we mentioned earlier, all of our reviews got deleted thanks to iTunes and thanks to GoDaddy. Um, lots of great shows, lots of things to listen to. We love an iTunes review. Check out, uh, you can check out, uh, you can go to the link on the page and go to our store. Uh, get yourself some nice garage gear. Um, and last but certainly not least, we do want to rethank all of our uh, Patreon sponsors. Thank you again for being the almost 1% who make this show possible. Associate producers, Phil Elliott, Dwight Sims, Christopher Sanders, and AJC. AJC. And uh, once again, Ash Trigg, our newest sponsor. Um, thank you all for your generosity and um, thank you all for believing in the value of this show. So, Alex. Dave. I will see you at Akon. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's. Uh, is Carrie Ann going to be there? Else. Yeah, no, she's going to be is, helping. And Baby's going to be there? Or is Baby Joan staying will with- be there. <laughs> Excellent. So if you need someone while you guys are doing stuff, like I know I'm helping you run the GT, if you need like someone to just kind of hold the baby for a while, if that's a job, I'm totally all about that job. We have a lot of volunteers for baby holding. Uh, that figured. is not the issue. <laughs> um, it's So it, it'll be an adjustment for me to try to help juggle a three-month-old while working with 216-plus nerds at once so this will be a trick um see and this i just like i said all of mine are grown up and i love that new baby smell like i just i just you know and i don't want another one we have three kids because we don't want four but someone else's baby i'll take that for a little while yeah no and she's pretty she's pretty cool yeah she's awesome so, yeah. all right, folks, um, hopefully we'll see a lot of you at Adepticon. Um, if you see us wandering around, um, come say hi. Because... Yeah, for real. Don't be shy. Come introduce yourself. I mean, we're pretty sociable. I tend to be a little crabby a little later in the afternoon because I'm tired being on my feet all day. Um, but you won't miss me. Um, oh. No, no, not at all. Total side note, by the way. Um and you can get in touch with me through all the usual means, Twitter, Facebook, um, you know, the email. Um, so this year uh, we did Girl Scout cookies. This is my last year doing Girl Scout cookies. And uh, I had a bunch of people who ordered Girl Scout cookies and then turned around and said they weren't getting them. And so I've been basically, uh, I will say, stuck with about five cases of cookies. I've got uh, s'mores. I've got Thin Mints. I've got uh, the Truff. Not the Truff. was the... Um, Tagalongs, the peanut butter chocolate patties. Hey, listen, the good ones. Yeah, um, but seriously, like next week uh, after Acon, they're doing the last sweep, and I'm basically stuck with about three hundred dollars worth of cookies that I had people order who then turned around and said, "Oh, I don't have money right now." So, um, if anyone needs cookies and they're coming to Acon, listen up, brother, because I got cookies. Just let me know. I'll let you know exactly what I have in stock. I would be happy to deliver them to you at Adepticon 
uh, if you need uh, Girl Scout cookies. And who doesn't? Need gr- they're delicious and nutritious. Um, uh, actually, they're not nutritious at all. But you know what I'm saying. So come get yeah. some Girl Scout cookies. All right, that's that. Folks, until next time, only the faithful will be triumphant. Only the faithful will stand when all others fall. And only the faithful know no despair except in failure. You've been listening to Garage Hand. If you've enjoyed the show, maybe consider leaving us a positive review on iTunes or check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash garagehammer. If you'd like to reach us, you can contact us via our email address, garagehammer at live.com. You can also find us on Twitter. David is at garagehammer. And Alex, that's me, is at somekindofgeek30. Original music by Claire Seabrook. You can find more of her work at soundcloud.com slash Music. Finally, if you want to join the Garage Hammer community, as well as the AOS community worldwide, comment on our episodes in the show thread at the Grand Alliance Forums. That's tga.community. Or check out the Garage Hammer Facebook page. And as always, thanks for listening. <laughs>